Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. too bad. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Is really excited to have you here as we continue our message series entitled, This Is My Story. And to kick things off, I just want to share with you that I am an interior and exterior illumination expert. And um, yesterday we decided because I, 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 if you're someone that has to take down seasonal decorations, you know, from the attic or anything else, I want you to kind of lean in here for a second because this might be the message that God gives you today. Did you know that if you start earlier in your seasonal decorating process and you lengthen the time period between when you have to take it down and when you have to put it back all away, um, you will greatly appreciate this. Just wanted to give you that nugget. So I realized that, you know, if I, if I don't wait till December, but instead I start a little earlier, then I don't have to break my back climbing a ladder and getting upstairs. So I got everything down and went ahead outside during the gale force wind and the cold weather and, and putting everything outside. And we went to the inside and, and kind of putting everything, the tree up. And, and on our banister, on our railing of our stairs, um, we have a, a garland that is pre-let garden, garland. You plug it in and it looks really beautiful on the, on the stairs. And, and um, I, so we start the process of pulling the garland out. It's a three-person job, you know, just to make sure you do it correctly. And so we have my son helping us out. We're putting it up there. And about halfway into putting it up, because you have to hold it, you have to tie it down, all this other stuff, um, I, I realized that in my process of exterior and interior illumination the, and the plan that I have, I, I, I followed uh, one, I, one mis- I had one mistake. I followed something in error. And, and it was that I forgot to plug in the garland before I put it on the banister. And about halfway up, I, I literally thought to myself, you know, let me just go down there and let me plug it in just to make sure. And I said, no, you know what? I, I always remember to plug things in before I put them up. So because I thought about it, God, I know that this garland's going to work. By faith, I trust. You know, it, it's, it's not seeing is believing. It's believing and seeing, you know, all that other stuff. So anyway, so I, I sit there and put it all the way up and we get down to the bottom and I go ahead and plug it in and nothing. So surely it can't be the garland because God's in this. It's got to be the electrical cord. So I went ahead and exchanged the electrical cord, plugged it in. Nothing. Then I went ahead and I checked every light bulb on the strands. Nothing. Then I unplugged because I had three garlands connected together. And I figured, well, it can't be all of them. It's got to be one. So I unplugged each and plugged them, ran an electrical cord up to plug them in individually. Nothing. So at the end of the day, I had to basically look at some dead grass on my railing that is doing nothing for me because it is not accomplishing its purpose. It's supposed to be lit up. It's supposed to be cheery. It's supposed to be beautiful. And it is sitting there dead, nothing. It's just grass on a railing. And it got me thinking about today's message that I think sometimes those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, we can end up looking like that dead grass on a railing. You see, the truth is, is that that garland is not achieving its original purpose. And as Christians, sometimes I think we can walk through life. And if we're not careful, we could turn around and we could just pause for a moment and we could ask the question, am I achieving my purpose? And today, Jesus Christ is actually going to speak directly to that. That's, are we accomplishing our purpose in life? And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump to the New Testament. 
And it's a book in the New Testament called Matthew. And let me set it up before we go there. Jesus Christ has been healing. Jesus Christ has been teaching. And if, I know if I was there, I'd be, you know, here comes Jesus. He's the Son of God, and He is teaching like no one else. He is healing like no one else could ever have done. And so His disciples are following Him. People are following Him. And, and they're starting this new faith movement. And everybody is excited about it and we're getting used to it. And this is great. I can imagine being one of the disciples. You know, Jesus, every morning is wonderful with you. Is, you know, wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to sit under your teaching. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to take it in. I'm going to write it down. And I'm just going to absorb and I'm going to just be excited about it. And all the disciples are used to this. And then Jesus Christ is going to turn to them and he's going to shake them. Because he's going to therefore tell them, did you know that you have a greater purpose? And he's going to do something in this moment that is going to change the way that they have thought faith is and was. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 6, or you can follow along on the screen here. Here we go. It says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Pause. Those words sent out. The disciples are sitting there saying, all right, Jesus, what are you going to teach me now? This is going to be great. Come on, pour it in. And Jesus looks at him and says, I'm sending you out. Wait, what? No, 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 I can't. that's not a good plan. See, you're the great teacher, you're God. We're supposed to sit here, we're supposed to absorb, you're supposed to teach us. We're fine, we're very comfortable, we're very safe staying right here. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, no, you're going to go out. In fact, two by two, I'm going to send you out. you got a purpose and I'm going to send you out and you're going to do something. And right here, Jesus gives one major point. And if you're kind of, if you like to sleep during messages, right after I give this point, you can take a nap and then I'll wake you up at the end. But... The main point of the message is this. Last week we knew that all of us, we have a story. And this week it's really, really important to understand that your story is not meant for you alone. That your story that God's writing in your life has a specific plan and purpose. It's not meant for you alone. Now here's the truth. A lot of us, we don't like this. Because here's the truth. People love church, right? Facebook this morning, I was watching people post, I love my church, I love going to Oshavir, I love my church, it's great, I get to come in, because let's be honest, when we come here, it's exciting, we come to this place, it's like that anchor point, once a week we come in, and we see people that we love, and we want to encourage our friends, our family network, and we love there's something that happens in church, here's the truth, people love church because we share common beliefs, isn't it great to know that you could come into this place, And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, why is it that we're able to get along? And again, I know in churches at times we don't. But for the most part, get along. It's because we share a common belief structure. We all, those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, we believe that he is the word. That whatever he said is final. So if we have a disagreement, we go to the word and Jesus said, this is the truth. We don't argue about whether Jesus is right. We all basically say, no, this is what Jesus said. This is what we have to do. So it's comforting to know that I don't have to argue about belief structures and systems. We also have a common culture. Isn't it great to know that because of what Jesus says, we live our lives, not all the same, but we live our lives within a manner of culture, a Christian culture. That we understand that, you know what, because these decisions are important for Jesus, they're important for me, and so I need to live my life in such a way. And all of a sudden you look around within church and you find that. And so we share common activities. We engage with one another, we encourage with one another, we go out with one another. Today I'll be hanging out with some leaders and we're going bowling and having a good time. And so it's fun as a church to do common activities together. This is all great. 
But there's a danger because here's the truth. Church is meant to be a safe place. It is meant to be a safe place. And there's a danger in that though. Because if church is meant to be a safe place where you share common beliefs, structure, everything, it can lull you into a place where you wake up and you realize I'm not achieving my purpose. So church is meant to be a safe place. Spiritual activity should never be confined to the walls of a church building. Your faith and your spiritual activity should never be confined to the walls of Ocean View. That is not what your faith is about. And in fact, when Jesus looked at the disciples and said, All right, guys, you've been coming, you've been sitting, you've been in a safe place, you've been enjoying all agreeing on what I'm saying and everything, and people who love me and people that want to follow me, you're all having a wonderful kumbaya moment, it's awesome. But now I'm going to send you out. And I want you to get outside of where I'm at. Do you know that they actually found the Dead Sea Scrolls? They found actually just recently, in fact, this week, they actually found in there a scrap of parchment of a new book in the Bible. And in that new book of the Bible, it actually has one of the scriptures that actually connects with exactly what he's saying. Let me show it to you. This comes from the book of Terry, chapter 17, verse 3. And Jesus said this in this moment, I love you, but it's time to get out. Those of you who don't know the Bible very much, the book of Terry does not exist, only in my mind, but not in the world, okay? But he says, I love you. But disciples, it's time to get out. And with all of us in this room, for those of us that might not be fulfilling our purpose, and you're going to understand that in just a second, Jesus is saying to me and you, hey, I love you, but it's time for you to get out. So he sends them out with these instructions. Let's pick it up. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions And the first thing he says, don't miss this. Now, I don't want you to go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Now, pause. Those of us that are Bible study students, we read that and we kind of fly right by that because it's like, okay, all right, let's get to the good stuff. But there is a reason why Jesus Christ started by saying, now, as I give you instructions, as you go outside these walls, the first thing I need for you to know is some boundaries. I don't want you to go to uh, to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Now, why? Let me pause. Let me give you some history. Last week, if you were here, we described what Samaria looked like. We talked about the Samaritans. And for those of you that are new, the Samaritans, they basically are Gentiles who intermarried with Jewish people. That over the years, the one thing that God told the Jewish people is, look, don't intermarry with people of other belief systems. And some of the Jewish people, they settled in an area and they took on their culture, they took on beliefs and other gods, and they disobeyed what God wanted. And that was an area called Samaria. There are a lot of Gentiles and Jewish people living there, but Jewish people who have forgone their faith and are living the way that the Gentiles would live. So Jesus says, now, my brothers, I want you to go out and I don't want you to go there. Why? Because Jesus Christ had a specific, unique plan. His plan is not about today. It hasn't even come yet. If you think that his plan ends today or ended on the cross, then you don't believe in a very big God. God's plan is continuing. It's onward. It's eternity. And so all the way back over there, Jesus started this by saying, all right, I'm about to rock the world. I'm about to shake up the whole religious system. And so how do we do this strategically? All right, first thing, I need to have my people, the Jewish people who God, my father has chosen. 
I need for you to be able to hear the message, receive the message, and own the message so that when we go out and when my message is shared, that my people will own this message so that it can go out to further places. So in other words, did Jesus Christ have a specific plan when we or the disciples were to go out? Yes, he did. So your story has a specific and narrow focus. Here's the truth. And again, if you don't get anything I say, get this. I think some of the reason we don't go out in our daily lives and share about who God is, and I'm not talking about taking your Bibles and smacking people in the head and saying, turn or burn. That's not what I'm saying. But some of us, the only time we talk about our faith is within the walls of the church. And why is that? I think it's very simple. I think sometimes when we go to a store or everything else, we're like, you know what, um, you know, I'm, I'm nervous or I, I, I'm not an extrovert or, you know, I, I'm not feeling good or, you know what, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't speak well. And so we come up with all the excuses and here's why we do that. Because if we look around this room and if you're watching online, if you look around this audience, we look and we go, hey, there's a lot of Christians. So you know what, God, if, if I don't do this today, there's a whole army of Christians behind me that are going to pick up the slack. And so, you know, when you tell me, God, that I'm supposed to go share my faith, I don't have to do that every day. I don't have to do that every week. I don't have to do that every month because there's so many of us that it's bound to get out. So I'm good for a while. Oh, I'm an introvert. So as an introvert, I don't like talking to people. And so, you know, God, you didn't give me the gift of being an extrovert and be talking a lot. And so because you didn't give me that and wire me that way, you don't expect me to go out and to share my faith because there's so many Christians. And Jesus wanted to stop that. And look into my life and say, Terry, did you know that your story has a specific and narrow focus? That do you know today that I have someone that I've placed in your path that if you, when you go to this place, I want them to specifically hear not all the people's stories. I want them to hear your story because I'm writing a unique and incredible story in your life. And that person is going to connect with your story in an incredible way and come to know who I am. And so Terry... I've got a specific and unique plan for you. Let me give you another illustration. Speaking about Christmas time. Last night we put up our tree, don't judge. And as we're putting up our tree, there's an ornament. It's a plain ornament. It's beautiful. It's very artistic. It's gorgeous. And all of a sudden my wife and I said, Oh, Connor, this is from our neighbor. And I won't share his name. I didn't ask his permission to share the story. So, But our neighbor and Connor remembered who he was. And we all thought of our neighbor and prayed for our neighbor and we put that ornament on the tree. Let me tell you about my neighbor. When I was in South Florida, we had an, a condo. And in that condo, we were challenged by our former pastor. We were challenged to own our neighborhood and to say, you know, Terry, if God has led you to live in that place, then he has a plan and a purpose for you around where you live. And so you need to care about your neighbors. You need to reach out to your neighbors. You need to say hi to your neighbors. You don't need to do the dash. You know what the dash is? Where you walk out of your door and you run to your car. Hey, how are you? And you get in your car and go. So I don't have to talk to them. Don't do that. Okay, God, we'll, we'll do that. So I'll never forget. I had a very unique neighbor. He was very talented. But lifestyle-wise, decision-making-wise, you couldn't get someone who was far different than me. He was way on the other stratosphere. And so I thought to myself, well, he's an intellectual. So maybe, maybe I can engage him with when Rick Warren wrote Purpose Driven Life. 
that came out and I said, maybe I could take this book and maybe I can connect with him and maybe we can just study the book together. He's an intellectual. Maybe we could just sit and have great conversation. So I got up the nerve and the courage to go over to his house and I knocked on his door and I said, hey, I'm very nice to see you again. Yes, yes. Hey, my wife and I are going to have a little book club. We're going to start on Monday nights and we wanted to know if you want to be a part of it. And he looked at me and I was shocked because I was nervous and scared. And he goes, that sounds great. I'm like, yes, God is good. This is awesome. So I go ahead and I give him, I said, here's the books. He goes, do I need to pay for them? I said, no. I said, I went ahead. I, I took care of it. No, you, you take the books. Oh, okay. All right, great. We'll see you then. Awesome. I go back. I'm like, Jennifer, God is good. This and that. So we pray and we're praying specifically for him. Then all of a sudden, 30 minutes before we're supposed to meet with a couple other people in our neighborhood to talk about this book. He comes to the door. He knocks on the door. I open the door. He looks at me. He has both books, hands the books back to me and goes, I read the first chapter. I'm not interested in any of this here. And then he walked away. I was crushed. And it really made me retreat and go, God, what are you doing? I I finally prayed. I prayed up. I took the courage. I gave him this book. How could you do this, God? And those kind of moments honestly make a lot of us stop sharing our story. I'm not bringing my faith outside the walls of the church. It's scary. They're mean people. They're going to reject me. Well, let me tell you what God did. God looks a lot, God. Why would you put me through that? I have a plan. So, true story. I just continued to pray. When we walked to the car, it was awkward, but I would say, hey, how are you? Did you have a good day? Hey, so if you could pray for me and this and that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I kept killing him with kindness and killing him with kindness. And our son Connor comes into the world. And our son Connor, all of a sudden he notices. And we continue engaging him and telling him about how Connor's growing up. And he draws an affection for our family because of that. He starts buying Christmas presents for our son. He starts coming over at Christmas time and bringing some of his family members over. And we don't talk about faith. But we talk about our lives and we talk about all a few years since that moment he comes to the door one day knocks on the door I open up I said hey brother how are you he's like good he said have you ever ever read this book and he hands me a book and it's the book heaven is for real and I said I haven't read it yet and he said could you read this book and could we have a conversation about it later that would sprawl into a conversation about faith which would lead us to inviting him to come to church to where he started coming to church to where many of his family members who were sick began to also understand the love of Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. We give up on sharing our story and we forget that our story is meant to have an impact. That your specific, not all of ours, yours, your specific story is meant to have an impact in someone else's life. If you're brave enough to take your story out of the safe places. And that's what Jesus was telling the disciples. It's time for you to get out. It's time for you to go on your own. Two by two. You don't need me right now. You have power. And let's continue on in the story. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. And now don't miss this. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, and give as freely as you have received. Stay right here for a second. When you take your story outside the walls, and these are for Christians. If you're a Christian in this room, I want you to hear me. If you're not a Christian, just pay really close attention as to what we're called to do. 
We're called to go outside the walls of this church. We're not called to beat people over the head. We're not called to judge people. That's not what we're supposed to do. But what we are supposed to do is two different things. First thing he says is heal the sick. And that speaks to physical healing. There's a second aspect to it. And that is raise the dead. I don't know about you, but that's not just necessarily a physical healing. That's a spiritual healing, isn't it? And so Jesus basically categorizes it and says, hey, there's two things, disciples, I want you to do when you go out. You're going to perform some physical healing and you're going to perform some spiritual healing. Now, did you know that you have the same power? And do you know that this command is not just with Jesus? Those of you that are Bible study students, God himself actually said the same thing all the way back in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. Check this out. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, don't miss this, you will live and you will multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. In other words, God said to the Israelites, if you follow me, you will live and live life abundantly and you will not be destroyed and your legacy will continue on for the generations, physical healing and spiritual healing. Now, some of you, you're a skeptic. You don't think that your story has a lot of power. You don't think that I care physical healing? Are you talking about going out and like putting your hands on people and like, you know, heal? No, I'm not talking about that. But do you know that your story does have the power to give physical health? Let me give you a case in point. I was at one of my favorite establishments the other night. I won't give it away because again, I didn't ask for permission. It just happened this week. So sorry. And I'm standing in there and I'm waiting in line. And all of a sudden there's a person who works at this place and they say, are you? Pastor Terry? And I said, what did I do? No, I said, yes, that's me. And she said, it's good to see you. And I said, I'm sorry. And I had to apologize. I'm sorry. I said, you look familiar, but I just, I don't remember. She goes, well, you you haven't seen me for over a year. And I said, why? What happened? She said, I've had stomach cancer. I said, oh my gosh. I said, you know, is everything okay? Praise God, everything is okay. They were able to get it all, no treatment afterwards. I'm good to go. I just have to go for follow-ups. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And she says, yeah. She goes, but I want to thank you. I go, thank me for what? She said, well, get this. She said, several of my coworkers, they've had a lot of conversations with you and with a few others from your church. And they committed to pray for me during this process and they have been so good. They would send clips of your church service to me so I could watch some from home. And they interceded. They put my name in for prayer requests at your church and I received letters and notes from your prayer team. And I just wanted to say thank you. And I wanted to say thank you to them who prayed because I really believe their prayers worked. Now you don't think your story can have power? I'm standing there receiving a thank you from someone. And here's what she thanked me for. Terry, thank you for getting outside your church 
and being bold enough to be able to talk about Jesus to all my coworkers so they could affect me in such a way to where I had an army of people praying for me. And I believe by, based on their prayers, I was healed. Your story has the power to bring physical health. Your story also has the power to bring spiritual health. And I hope I don't have to explain that one too much. Because Jesus Christ came to give life and give it abundantly. And if you take him in your story and you share that with others, you have and your story has the power to give life and give it abundantly. Now, a lot of us are in here going, all right, Terry, I get it, I get it. But there's still a fear in this room of going out. And we continue the story and Jesus is going to give an illustration that confuses a lot of us because those of us who've read this story, we get confused at Jesus's instructions. So I want to clarify this in Matthew chapter 10. Take a look. He says, whenever you enter into a city or village, I want you to search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. Christians for a long time have gotten this confused because we've taken that to say, all right, when we go and we share our story, if someone just says, talk to the hand, fine. I don't have to deal with you. Jesus gave me permission. And we walk right away. I don't have to like you. I don't have to be friends with you. I don't have to talk with you. Instead, just talk to the hand. Right back at you. He said it. Shake the dust off my feet. He said it. I could do it. Is it great to be a Christian? Yes, that's the kind of Bible I like. Ha ha, back at you. That's not what Jesus was talking about. So let me explain what Jesus was actually meaning. Do you know that cultural during that time, I mentioned Samaria, where there were Jewish and Gentile people intermarried and worshiping other gods. And in Jewish culture, when the Jews would travel through that area, when they left that area, they would take their sandals off and they would shake the dust off their sandals. Why? It was a symbolic gesture to God, saying to God, God, whatever I've heard, whatever they've said, the gods that they believe, the culture that they choose to live apart from you. I've traveled through it. And as a sign to say, I'm committed and you are my God and I love you. I shake the dust off my feet to let you know that I'm following you. So what Jesus really is this. If a person rejects me, as Lord and Savior. It's the same principle. They're rejecting my Father. And it's like shaking the dust off your feet. You're not responsible for them receiving the news. You're responsible for sharing it. And so when you go out, our job is not to be the spiritual judges. Our job is to share our stories. And as a sign to God, God, I've shared. They've rejected. They've flattered my face. I'm going to pray for them. They're yours. And we continue to share our story. Sometimes we stop telling our stories because we fear that rejection. 
But here's the truth. We're commanded to be storytellers whether they receive it or not. So now I'm looking at a room full of storytellers who know that they have a narrow focus, that there is an amazing plan and purpose for your story. So how do I tell my story? For those of you who want to know, here are five different, five different aspects to telling your story, and you could do that starting today. Number one, whose story do I need to hear? Now, don't miss this. Here I am telling you to go tell your story, but notice the first thing I tell you to do. Don't go out and say, hey, hey, I got a story to tell. Hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. You need to sit down and you need to listen. Let me tell you about Jesus. No, don't do that. There's a whole lot of Christians who are doing that and it's not getting them very far, let me tell you. Instead, I'm going to just ask you to think about those that are around your neighborhood, those that are in the places that you visit and ask you the question, who's a person that God has tempted your heart and said, you know what, that's a person that you need to get to know their story. So whose story right now? Is it Chris? Is it Leslie? Is it Pat? Is it Franklin? Who's the person in your life that God specifically has a narrow focus for you that you are supposed to go and engage them so you can hear their story? And if you don't have someone, you're not listening. So who's the person that you need to hear from? Number two, what do I need to pray for? What do I need to pray for? You know, when I go and I share, I find out a person's name. And here's the good news. If you go to establishment or restaurants or anything else, guess what? They're wearing name tags for a purpose. And you know what? If you talk to them, hey, tell me a little bit about you. Oh, I'm from Chicago. You are? Oh, how about those cubs? And then they receive Christ right then and there. I mean, it's just that easy. Sorry, I just had to do that. But 99% of the time after engaging them with a conversation, I say, how's your week been? Well, it's been a little difficult. Really, how can I pray for you? When you tell someone and you mean it that you're willing to pray for them, it stops them in their track. Here's the third thing. When should I share my story? Your conversation is not solely for the purpose so you can get Jesus out of your mouth. Your, Jesus, your conversation is based on loving the person. The Holy Spirit, God in you, is going to tell you when you need to talk. He might just say, you know what, right now you need to listen. So when do I need to share my story? Where do they go to church? Do you know the number one reason why someone comes and visits a church is because someone from that church invites them? So here's my question. When was the last time you invited someone to church? And I would say this. If you don't invite them to our church because you're not happy with our church or you're not settled with our church, then you need to start praying whether this is the church for you. I trust God. Not every church is for everybody, I can tell you that. And last but not least, how can I be a help to them? We don't like this because it pushes us out of our comfort zone. But could you imagine if all, just look around, imagine if all of us went outside these walls and said, how can I help? We change our community. So Christian, it's time to stop doing this. It's time to start trusting God because your story is meant to be told and your story is not meant for you alone. Would you pray with me?
Father, there is power in this room. And the biggest sin sometimes that we commit is not believing in the power of the story you're writing within our lives. So God, forgive us for not believing in the power you've given us. God, I pray for a room full of followers of Jesus that are willing to go out, that are willing to bring physical and spiritual healing to their communities, willing to go and to be the hands and the feet that you've called us to be. God, right now I pray for the person in this room that's not a Christian. I pray that they would be inspired to know that there is a God that we believe in that calls us to go and to love them. So God, I pray that you would inspire them to love your message today. But God, may we be faithful. May we fulfill the purpose that you designed within us. And may people hear our stories loud and clear. We love you and bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.